welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I'm joined by Clara May. Clara, how's it going? I'm doing great, Henry. Great. So just this past weekend, we saw the release of Deadpool 2. We both saw it, and we're going to talk about it. And uh, so let's start with a spoiler alert. We're going to go into plot details, etc. So be forewarned. Okay, let's just uh, get right into it. Clara, your thoughts on Deadpool 2? Um, I guess I would say I generally liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my favorite things about the Deadpool films is I think it has better X-Men, or more interesting X-Men than the actual X-Men in mm-hmm. the X-Men films. Um, I just feel like they have more character and are more fleshed out. Um, and I think the way that Ryan Reynolds portrays Wade Wilson is really genuine. I think he, you can tell he loves the character. Yeah. And he puts a lot of himself into it. Um, and I just, I don't know, I just think it's really colorful, really funny um, most of the time. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, I, I think it, it wasn't as good for me as the first one. Okay. Um, I think because, you know, the first one was like, that was the first time we'd seen really like this um, huge R-rated superhero film that was so irreverent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so all of the jokes felt really new and you didn't really know what to expect. But with this one, you have already seen the first one. So it, it felt a little more stale to me, like the concepts. Um, I also found the fight scenes weren't as dynamic as maybe the first one. Because, you know, there's that scene where, like, he three, he shoots, like, three guys. And then, yeah. Like, it goes through all three. Oh, yeah. This one, and then there was the scene where he was chasing the guy on, like, the ice skating rink. Oh, right. really slow. You know, there's just, like, bits like that that was really funny. But this one, like, I, I don't know. It just wasn't as good in that sense to me. Okay. Yeah, I kind of get where you're coming from because that first Deadpool was very fresh and new. Like, we had never seen anything quite like this before. And while the sequel was quite good, I think it didn't have that freshness, right? Yeah. It was a lot more of the same. Yeah, and I I don't know. I think this is a lot of marketing, too. A lot of the pop culture jokes were things we already saw in the trailer. Ah, that's true. Um, Yeah. And a lot of it was stuff that, like, we've already made on the internet, like, two years ago. You know, like, the whole joke about Martha, you know, and Batman versus Superman. It's still funny to me because I think it's a ridiculous thing that they did. Yeah. Also, we've already made that joke a lot. You know, so I just, I, I think it kind of shows that like the first Deadpool movie, I think Ryan Reynolds was working on it for like 10 years because that's how long oh, it right. took the studio to pick it up. So I think that shows in that first script, but with mm-hmm. the second film, it was obviously made much faster. And so I don't think the care was there as much as the first time around. Yeah, I could see that. Although I would say this movie, you know, Deadpool 2 was hilarious. I almost yeah. think it was kind of funnier than the first one. There's some great jokes in there. Like all the superhero movie references in it mm-hmm. are like awesome. You know, hilarious. You mentioned the whole Martha Martha thing. <laughs> great. I mean, there's a number of like DC Universe jokes in there that really play well. And then, you know, n- no one is safe really. He goes after DC, he goes after Marvel. Mm-hmm. A lot of cool MCU references like the whole um the sun's getting low, and uh, you know, <laughs> it's such a that, uh, joke it's, now. It's so great. Tweeted, yeah, like really dug a hole for himself with that. Absolutely. One. Yeah, and um, the uh, the whole like 
I think there's a reference to Winter Soldier's arm because Cable's arm is oh, very much yeah. like Bucky's arm. And I love that stuff. I thought it was and really of course, hilarious. The cable actors, Thanos. Exactly. He actually called them Thanos at one point, right? And that, yeah, it's super cool because, I mean, Infinity War is still in the theaters. And for him to make that joke was like, it's oh, wild. so Josh great. Brolin is making bank right now. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I think there's a lot to like about the movie. Like I said, it's hilarious. You know, it's it works well. It's a comedy. Um, Zazie Beetz is really great in it, too. Yes. You know, as Domino. And... I, this is we're not alone here i mean she's getting tons of buzz as being the best part of this movie and yeah, there's she a reason had a great character arc um in the film that i mean obviously wasn't afforded to the rest of the x-force but i would say that she um actually got to have her own moments outside of deadpool where she goes to the uh orphanage and then she remembers that's why you know that's where she grew up and that's why she's there oh, yeah yeah um and i thought it was really awesome that with all these different characters they were able to fit in like these little moments just for her yeah so, you know i definitely do not fault the movie for domino like i really enjoyed her parts i enjoyed the parts with colossus and like yukio and negasonic i thought those mm-hmm. were really sweet parts oh yeah um, right, and right. i honestly even loved opinder <laughs> I think he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I just love him. Yeah, I'm a die for him. Um, but, you know, I think it I think it was all the other characters that we didn't mention that I feel like they could have done more with them. Yeah, so I she, agree. You know. I agree. Uh, but real quick before we get off Domino, I mean, she looks amazing in the movie, number one. And, yeah, she does get some character development, mm-hmm. you know. She gets some screen time. Mm-hmm. She gets some lines, you know. Um so you get some cool action scenes. You know, it's it's a it's a solid role and a solid performance. One thing that was kind of missing, I thought, was they never really explained her fighting prowess, right? Yeah. Like she, uh, when she's interviewed, right, she just basically says, good luck is her superpower, mm-hmm. right? And sure enough, it really is, you know. Um, and it, the, the movie does really well in sort of displaying her superpower. I mean, it's not easy to show good luck as yeah. being a superpower but i think they did a good job in sort of putting that on display yeah, yeah. right um but i know a big part of the comic book character is her ability to fight like she's like an expert hand-to-hand combat uh, martial artist right and she did do that <laughs> but like it's never explained really yeah, like yeah. how or why i mean this is the deadpool movie it is kind of ridiculous but i felt like well that's kind of unexplained. <laughs> like, what's going on? So I would have liked to have, like, maybe a little bit of background on that. Um, but, yeah, I think we're in agreement that uh, Domino is pretty awesome in this flick. Yeah, hopefully in future films she'll be fleshed out. Yeah. Maybe an X-Force film. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, so we talked a bit about, you know, the positives of the movie. Mm-hmm. What about some of the stuff we didn't like so much? Uh... <laughs> Um, I think a lot of the humor has a very specific audience Mm -hmm. that I recognize is not me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of with you there. I mean, there were definitely lines that made me laugh out loud. Um, But there are other ones where I was just like, oh, this was was written by a man for men, other men, you know, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of really like fanboy men. Mm -hmm. Um, And just, and it was just like little things. And it's kind of like, um, 
how do I describe it? I think some of Deadpool's humor comes from him kind of sexually harassing people. But it's never the women, which I find interesting and like I appreciate. But it's definitely like all over the place with the men. So yeah. he's like groping, you know, Colossus's ass. Um, yeah. And then there's that scene where his legs are growing back and he's oh, yeah. like constantly flashing these people. And I'm just like, okay, this is really weird. <laughs> um, and it's just generally a lot of lowbrow, like, you know, like genital humor which sometimes was funny to me, and sometimes I was just like, okay, it's a little too much. You know, you could probably dial it back. Yeah. On that same note, there's the way they defeat Juggernaut, right? They, oh like, my God. stick a yeah, hose up his yeah. butt, right? There, there's a lot of, um, essentially, what I would say is kind of like gay jokes or yeah, yeah. anal rape jokes, mm-hmm. which, um, yeah, to me, I felt like you don't, you don't have to have that in the film. Like, it doesn't really add anything. You could easily substitute a different joke in there and do something different with a body that doesn't yeah. you know oh my god and it was like what was it the the butt pouch what did he kept saying the prison pouch oh right the yeah kid where he yeah kept, he's like this whole movie this kid is hiding uh, like a pen up his butt it's you know implied yeah um and that's you know it's treated as what the hell weird um and yeah i just felt like maybe that doesn't jive that well with the whole in the comics um deadpool is pansexual he's actually you know attracted to men in like a genuine way um even though everything in his world is played for laughs like Mm -hmm. i don't think that had to be played for laughs yeah i just there's so many other jokes they could have made yeah and it's a fine line right i mean yeah, there's like nothing is sacred in this world. I get it. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. Just to be clear. And, but. you know, I certainly don't want to be, like, oversensitive. And I, I I don't want films to, like, stifle their edginess or their humor because, oh, there's going to be this backlash and whatnot. But, you know, I'm with you. Like, the, the brand of humor here is just simply not mine. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and like you... I laughed out loud a number of times. I just said, this is a hilarious movie. This is funnier than Deadpool 1, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, you know, it just there's, just there's some stuff in this movie that I just, it made me feel like this movie wasn't for me. You know, it's not something I can stand behind, you know. Um, so we alluded to it earlier, but the, the X-Force, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, I think Colossus... Domino and Negasonic, Teenage Warhead, you know, these are characters that, you know, had a decent role in the movie. And the trailers to Deadpool 2 sort of implied that there would be like this whole huge squad of uh, mutants, mutant superheroes, right? Mm -hmm. And um, it's certainly, the movie certainly kind of built that up and then completely like did a sideways turn where it killed off like a bunch of them in like in like a one fell swoop really right Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so a lot of the diversity in the movie was sort of like removed (laughs) in sort of quick fashion and for laughs too you know um terry cruz and lewis tan and i think a number of other other characters were killed right brad pitt too right they were killed (laughs) off like instantly yeah yeah so, Which definitely feels yeah. very Deadpool. Um, but I think, at least for me, I went into the film really excited to see this team up. Yeah. Because literally every trailer kind of foregrounded this this whole team jumping out of that plane. And I was like, yeah. oh, I'm really excited to see this. And I don't know if 
this was just me imagining it, but I remember some scenes in the trailer where it looks like Terry Crews does something with a car, stops it or picks it up or something. But that, that wasn't familiar. in the film. Yeah. So I was just like, was there actual scenes filmed with this team that you just completely cut out? Like I just. I wonder. Yeah, I was just disappointed in that sense. A lot of people were like, well, that's what Deadpool would do. He would accidentally kill his team. And I'm like, yeah, yeah I get it. I get it. But um <laughs> I don't know, the marketing just... <laughs> yeah, the marketing, that's a good point because I remember specifically the second trailer, it really highlighted this yes. X-Force team, right? And that's what really got me kind of excited for this movie, that second trailer. Well, first of all, I didn't know Louis Tan was in it. It's like, oh shit, yeah, Louis Tan yeah. is going to be in this movie and then all these other characters like Terry Crews and whatnot. I was pretty excited. And it was a bit of a misdirect because it really billed it as, oh the birth of a new mutant super yes. team, right? Yeah. And as funny as it was, and like you said, very much in line with the Deadpool brand of comedy, mm -hmm. you know, killing them off, uh, it just, I don't know, it kind of didn't sit that well with me. Yeah, I think for me, it speaks to the fact that Deadpool is not really meant to be a character who carries his own film. Um, I think that he is somebody who works best as a sidekick. Mm -hmm. um, and he's he comments on an actual serious plot going on, but when he's the center of it and everything's just supposed to be irreverent and nothing matters, it starts to really affect the rest of the storytelling, you know? Because yeah. Like, yeah, of course he'd kill off all of his, you know, teammates, but I mean, is that storytelling we really want to see, you know, as yeah. a full thing? I just... Yeah, yeah uh, that's a really good point, because in that same vein, you know, another thing that irked me a bit was Deadpool's voice in the movie really consumes the movie because, you know, mm -hmm. he's the central character. And he has kind of an interesting commentary on racism and diversity and these sorts of issues, right? So, I mean, it it happens a number of times in the movie where there's a scene where he calls out Cable for being racist, right? Because Cable, he wanted um, oh, Joe Pinder to like he want yeah he wanted him to turn down his music, mm -hmm. and it happened to be like Indian music, so Deadpool like called him out for being racist, and it was supposed to be really funny, and I guess it was kind of funny, yeah. Um, but it was sort of a little bit eyebrow raising, you know? Yeah, because he he was trying to sound woke, but it ended up being kind of awkward, right? You know, because it's like. Obviously, Cable didn't mean it in that way. Yeah. But by bringing attention to it, it makes it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And it almost makes it feel as if it's stupid to even point it out. You know, like, I don't... Yes, I, yes. Like, like it, it was trying to say, oh, this whole political correctness conversation is actually dumb because it's right. Deadpool saying it, right. of course. Because Deadpool is being dumb in calling him out on it. Yeah. Therefore, it's dumb to do these sorts of things, yeah. right? And again, if it's a side character doing that, it's sort of like, oh, look at that goofy guy. But because it's a central character, it sort of is this sort of underlying voice of the whole movie, right? Mm -hmm. And that it wasn't just that scene too, right? There were some other instances of that sort of thing. So there's a character called Black Tom, and um, there's a funny line where Deadpool says, what's your superpower? Cultural appropriation. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's and hilarious. Like, yeah. And the whole thing right? is like the actor's white, of course. Yeah, and he has kind of like a, a dreadlock hairstyle, yes, right? Yeah. So again, you know, it's like Deadpool is making himself look stupid, which is sort of like 
a self-deprecating like hiding of the mm-hmm. fact that this is kind of mildly offensive, right? Um, and it becomes sort of the voice of the movie, yeah. And then again, like going back to this, uh, the killing off of the X-Force, I mean, just this sort of nonchalant, like mm-hmm. executing of people of color, I mean, yeah. that was kind of disturbing. Yeah, it's, defi- it's definitely a fine line, this movie walks, and it's, I don't know, it, you definitely get the sense that they're trying to appeal to people who are more progressive, but also do the, like, the wink, nudge, nudge to the, you know, maybe a little more conservative fanboys, mm-hmm. like the ones who basically influenced. Um, there was that comic run where Sam Wilson was Captain America. Yeah. And in one of the chapters, he fights, like, these social justice warriors who are, you know, like, who are being, he finds overly politically correct. And he's just like, well, you need to, there's this whole dialogue where he's like, okay. oh, you need to calm it down. Yeah. You know, and that, to me, felt the same thing as this film. Mm. You know what the film was trying to do? Yeah. And it just... I don't know. I'd rather they just didn't make any of the jokes at all. Just don't even mention it. Don't <laughs> have right. it in there because it just, yeah, it was a little eyebrow raising. To me, it wasn't It wasn't funny. It was like annoying, you know? Yeah. There were parts of it that were really annoying, you know? And like, you know, I mean, we did state this, but like I think Ryan Reynolds, his brand of humor, he does really well. Like mm-hmm. he does this style of comedy really well. And... I kind of feel like, oh, just kind of embrace that and embrace your whiteness, whatever you want to call it. You know, just run with it. Yeah. That's fine. But when they pull these little like side uh, jabs at social justice and racism and, and stuff, like it just, it's a little, it's a little disturbing. You yeah. Know? I feel like, I'm trying to think. I feel like it could have been more, um, maybe tastefully done if he if Deadpool was the one that made this stupid comment and maybe um some like someone like Yukio or Negasonic or Colossus is the one that calls him out for saying something oh right you know because then you know those three characters are honest and real characters and Mm -hmm. Deadpool's the one who's like a total idiot yeah um and having them correct him would have maybe been a better way of doing it Instead yeah. of Deadpool kind of making it all into a joke, you know, like I don't right. know. There's just things they could have done with the script where, you know, it just makes certain things feel more genuine. So yeah, it feels like it's actually for everyone instead of a certain demographic. Right. Yeah, that's a great point, and it goes back to what we're saying. Like when Deadpool is the protagonist, and the entire movie is kind of through his eyes, mm-hmm. right? So there really isn't any room for, you know, the other characters. Mm-hmm. you know being the ones to call him out on stuff he's he's the shot caller right yeah. he makes yeah. the jokes he he um everything sort of uh, gravitates around him yeah right yeah. and yeah. of course the whole point of him being completely irreverent is he could say anything problematic and fans could just be like well it was just a joke you know and he luckily yeah. doesn't really do that in the film like he never says anything blatantly bad or like you know really offensive but yeah the fact is he could and it could still be treated as a joke you know? right so right. i just yeah i think I, I wonder about his role as the protagonist yeah yeah there's just a little part of me that feels like this movie wasn't really meant for me yeah. and that's unfortunate you know mm-hmm. because i wanted to really embrace it yeah i right? was really excited for it and i think it bothers me because you can see the outline and the bare bones of a really, really great film that feels mm-hmm. like it, it does include everyone, but 
I think it's still kind of pandering to like that kind of fanboy demographic, you know, that maybe doesn't like to see people of color and women and queer, you know, folks in their media. Yeah, I felt like it was sort of catering catering towards that group Mm -hmm. to the, the group of people that feel like they're sort of tired of hearing this shit and they want to hear Deadpool make fun of it. You know, it was for them. Like, Mm -hmm. I was like, oh yeah, I know. I keep hearing that same stuff about like calling people out for being racist. I'm tired of hearing that. Oh, Deadpool, you're like, I'm with you, man. Like, I I get you, you know, like that's the vibe I got. And it's, and it just, it feels so out of line with like what they did with like Negasonic and Yu-Gi-Oh, which was like a very sweet, understated, romance between two girls and like there's that and then there's like his friendship with yukio which was really sweet oh yeah so like that part of the film felt just completely separate from these other parts you know so i just i don't know i think maybe i'd like to see deadpool and the x-force and those x-men written by someone else and see what Mm -hmm. happens maybe by a woman or a person of color and see what happens with those jokes yeah and you know with a movie like this I'm sure a lot of people can't help but say, oh, come on, it's a Deadpool movie. It's funny, like, get over it. Just, like, why take it so serious? But, I mean, I think you and I are both pretty genuine in our feelings about how we enjoyed it Mm -hmm. on maybe more of a surface level. And there were some, uh, you know, unquestionably funny moments in the movie. Um, But there is, you know, this sort of disturbing undercurrent there as well. Right? Yeah. So there it is. Yeah, do better. <laughs> yes, do better. Exactly. We can do better. Okay. So let's move on because there is quite a bit of geek news mm-hmm. we wanted to cover. So, uh, yeah, Clara, you wanted to, you want to throw some of these out and chat yeah. about it? Um, I think the big one for me was um, I'll talk about the DC universe a little bit just to like hop to the other side. Okay. <laughs> um, so the DC TV, the CW universe um, announced that they would be bringing in Batwoman into a crossover that's going to air in December. Um, and this mm-hmm. is huge because up until this point, the Arrowverse hasn't really been able to touch the Gotham characters in any real way. Right. Um, Actually, I looked this up because I was like, why is that the case? And I found out that the DCEU actually has rules uh, that the Arrowverse has to follow. Oh, wow. Essentially, what happens is if there's a character that's going to be introduced to the movies, the Arrowverse can no longer touch it. (laughs) So, like, apparently, yeah. So, apparently, they had the Suicide Squad kind of starting to be introduced into that universe, but then they announced the film and then they had to scrap it. And the TV show. And then they had Harley Quinn set to be introduced. They had to get rid of her. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah, they had Deadshot and um, Amanda Waller. They had to get rid of them. They had to kill them off in the shows. And and I just thought that was wild that, like, they're not able to cross over. Um, And they've done references to, like, Green Lantern, but they're not allowed to introduce him. Oh, so I know Deathstroke Mm -hmm. appeared... In the TV show. He did as Manu Bennett. Yep. Um, And he appeared at the end of... (laughs) Justice League as a different and a different actor was yes, playing and him. that was Joe oh how do you say his oh name? Man Mangianello yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um yes yeah. so Manu Bennett was him in the 
Arrowverse, but then when it was announced that Joe would take over in the films, um, they weren't allowed to use him anymore. In the okay. Show. So that's why Manu was kind of like gotten rid of, even though he was really good at Oh, him. did they Trained kill it? him off or? I don't know. Okay. I am not, I will admit, I am not caught up to date on the Arrowverse because there's so many shows. Okay, but he um, will not. He won't, yeah. Essentially, and like, be in that show use, anymore. Yeah, they can't use him anymore because he's going to be in the films. <laughs> so I And yet, it, was, the, it doesn't yeah. work both ways because they had a new Flash right. in Justice League, right? You're right. So, yeah, okay. yeah. Interesting. It's like a miracle that they even got the Flash TV. <laughs> I know, it's weird. Like, for some reason, it seems to apply only or mostly to the Batman characters. Okay. And any of the Batman related, you know. So it's cool that they have Batwoman. Um, because it's it's Cat Kane, um, and her backstory is she's like a military brat. Uh, she is like she's she's lost for a long time, doesn't really know what she wants to do in life, um, and then she's the victim of a mugging, but is saved by Batman. So then she decides she's going to be um, a vigilante just like him, and then she trains for like two years. She does the Batman thing essentially. She goes around the world. She trains for two years, like really really hard, difficult training, mm-hmm. and comes back and is Batwoman. Um, and she's also one of the most famous, um, queer women in the DC comics universe. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think the hope is that she's introduced in the Arrowverse crossover and she eventually gets her own show because that's what they did for, I think, Legends of Tomorrow. They were kind of introduced in a crossover and people really liked the characters. So then they got their own show eventually. So I think that's the hope that we actually might get a bat show. With, okay. Led by a woman, um, and I don't know if that means we'll ever be able to see any Batman characters. Like they might just be off limits, and we can only like reference like the oh, you know like yeah. the sign in the sky. But um, I don't know. I think it's cool that we're finally getting closer to having maybe a Justice League on TV mm-hmm. because the Justice League of the movies is kind of disappointing. Right, right, <laughs> but, right. But um, having it on the TV, I think, would be great because then it would be more like the, um, the cartoons. Mm-hmm. And you actually get to build up these characters, build up the stories. And then, of course, the CW iterations are, I guess, more in line with what people want to see are used to with the DC characters, like Superman actually smiles. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, like people are happier. You know, there's more of a supporting cast. There's no like weird, gritty, you know, overlay. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, the DC TV universe seems to be mm-hmm. resonating better with fans yeah, in the movie yeah. universe, right? Yeah, it's it feels more in line with the DC I grew up with. Um, and I think just generally TV's better at for superhero stuff. Like... You can have a really well-written superhero film, but at the end of the day, it's only two hours, and you kind of yeah. have to like fit in character development and introductions and a whole action scene in two hours versus right. the show gets to like just grow. And the counter-argument is the MCU, but you could argue that the MCU yeah. is really becoming like a TV series, right? Yeah. It's like yeah. a long-running series rather than a bunch of mm-hmm. individual films, Yeah, right? and if you look at like specific characters in the MCU, some of them are just so, so shallowly, shallowly drawn yeah. because they just don't have time. So there's like um, Bucky Barnes doesn't really have a character. He's like kind of made out of plastic. Um, if you look at, you know, how he's grown. And then there's stuff like Scarlet Witch. She's not. Oh, that, that's a good you know, example. She, yeah, so. Yeah. So there's definitely drawbacks to having a lot of characters and then only two hours to kind of work with them. Very true. Yeah. Very true. And then the other one is there's actually going to be um, 
a show called Pennyworth, which is going to be a 10-episode show about um, Bruce Wayne's butler, <laughs> okay. Alfred. Yep. Um, which was interesting. <laughs> but it so it's going to be um, through epics. Um, oh, really? And everyone thought it was going to be a spinoff of Gotham, Fox's Gotham. Mm-hmm. But it's actually not. It's going to oh. be a completely separate thing. Um completely different universes um oh is it a different actor too yeah they, it is she said so yeah oh, so wow. i i don't i don't know i never knew that there was a demand for uh, <laughs> alfred pennyworth a uh, prequel but uh, they're gonna go ahead with it so uh, i don't know maybe he has his fans out there i guess and i know he served in the military <laughs> He served in the military before he was a butler. Like, he had a, a full life before he had to freaking mm-hmm. serve Bruce Wayne. Um, I don't know. And maybe people are dying to see that. I don't know. Maybe. But, I mean, if you're scratching your head over a, sh- <laughs> a Batman show without Batman, yeah. Gotham, you really got to be scratching your head know, over really a Batman yeah. show simply about Alfred. Throwback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the thing that always makes me mad about all these Batman things is, like, we're having all of these iterations of Batman, and like the one thing we don't have is any Robins anywhere. Oh yeah, <laughs> Which, like, upsets me because I think those are the best parts of the Bat family. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. like uh, Robin and Batgirl, and like we just have not seen them really anywhere. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, and it's Still so waiting. Robin is so well known too. Yeah. Like everyone yeah. knows Robin, and there's like yet... several Robins that you could build yeah. off of, and you can make them older. Um, and then there's several Batgirls, and just. I don't know. So I'm hoping that maybe maybe they'll be allowed to be on Batwoman's show if she gets mm. one. Um, she's not really related to them because of her whole family, and then she's kind of like this off-to-the-side the vigilante, so maybe she's completely separate. I don't know, but I have hope. Mm-hmm. You know, this idea of having an Alfred show is so mm. off the wall and bonkers that I'm almost a little intrigued. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> yeah, what is it going to be yeah, exactly? Yeah. You know, it might be kind of hilarious so yeah, and i think depending you know, we'll on see. who they cast as the actor i don't know it might be kind of like a interesting james bond-esque thing because i know he was like he was like mi6 or something mm-hmm. maybe it might be yeah like you don't know mm-hmm. the true alfred right the, the, the <laughs> secret life of the butler you know <laughs> we'll see okay so um do you want to talk about your your Spider-Mans? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, get into a little MCU news. So it was recently revealed that the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel would have Mysterio, the great mm-hmm. Spider-Man villain Mysterio, and that he would be played by Jake Gyllenhaal. So pretty interesting news. Like, I've been waiting for... Mysterio to be in a Spider-Man movie for a long time. He's definitely one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. So this could be pretty cool. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is a pretty good choice, I think. Um, There was a movie I saw called Nightcrawler. Have you seen that one? No, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's not about the (laughs) X-Men character Nightcrawler, uh, but it does feature Jake Gyllenhaal in an amazing performance. He's really great in this. And... um, Based on that performance alone, I think he could be a pretty awesome Mysterio. Um, The costume design is a big question mark (laughs) because I I think the the comic book 
character design is great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how well it will translate into a movie, though. Basically, it's a guy with a cape and a fishbowl on his head. So uh, we'll see about yeah, that. I think, I think with um, with Homecoming, you saw that they did a really practical um, outfit for Vulture. Yeah. It was basically yeah. just a jacket and robot mm-hmm. wings. And it's the same thing with a lot of the other MCU stuff. Like, I think Sam Wilson's Falcon has really been toned mm-hmm. down. First off, he doesn't have a real Falcon, which upsets me a little. But right. he has, like, a, a drone, yeah, you know. Yeah, um, And then other characters, just, like, it's a lot more muted. Um, like, uh, Hawkeye is, like, not this flamboyant purple thing. Oh, right. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how they do it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think, yeah. with a few exceptions aside, the MCU has done pretty well with their costume designs, mm-hmm. so uh, I'm pretty optimistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mysterio, though, I mean, I can't even envision like <laughs> a, a movie-ready yeah. costume that will yeah. would work here. Yeah, but they're gonna have to get we'll creative. See. A part yeah. of me is a little sad they actually didn't cast um, <laughs> Tobey Maguire in it. Like I'm, oh. I'm waiting for them to cast Tobey Maguire <laughs> as some like random character in a Spider-Man film. Yeah, like and I feel like it would be hilarious because he's just <laughs> he's just like the old Spider-Man now yeah. versus Tom Holland, and I just want him to show up as like either a villain. Mm-hmm. Or like some really weird gym teacher mm-hmm. or like science teacher and just and there's a reference to it. Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Homecoming sequel, mm-hmm. another bit of news was that Michael Keaton would be returning. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting. I think it's cool. He was really good in the first Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. And um, it does sort of imply that they're building up towards a Sinister Six, right? Yeah. A yeah. villain and team up. There's that... Um, there's a scene at the end of Homecoming where uh, the vulture's in jail, mm-hmm. and there's a guy that asks him, do you know his identity, Spider-Man's identity? And then Vulture's like, no, I don't know. Right. You know, if I if I knew, you know, I wouldn't be in, or he wouldn't be alive or whatever. Right, right. Um, and obviously he lied in that moment. Yeah, but he did I, know he wanted yeah. to protect Peter yeah, Parker. Yeah, but, like, I, I do remember that they showed, like, the guy's um, tattoo, mm-hmm. and he had, like, a scorpion. Yes. Um, so that implies he's obviously scorpion <laughs> right right um and that would mean that yeah maybe we are going to get an actual team up um because we've seen members of the sinister six basically in all the films i feel like we've gotten uh, doc ock and then mm-hmm. there was electro yeah uh, jamie fox like an underused jamie fox very um, unfortunate yeah, role there like, rhino with paul giamatti oh, so yeah. like they've all been kind of like in different films mm-hmm. um would be kind of cool to see them finally come together in one universe, especially because I think Tom Holland's Spider-Man is probably the best Spider-Man we've gotten. The most, um, I don't know, it seems like the best fit. So it would be nice to see this universe as being the one that finally kind of brings in all of the other Spider-Man characters. Yeah, with Keaton returning and Hall announced as Mysterio, mm-hmm. and with it's seeming like Scorpion will be featured in the sequel. I mean, we're talking three of the Sinister Six right there. So potentially in the third of the trilogy, maybe Spidey takes on the whole mm-hmm. Sinister Six, which might be super cool. Um, I want that for maybe. him because I want him to get his own team. <laughs> and I really want Miles and Cindy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm pushing for this until it happens. Like Just because uh, Kevin Faye... Um, said that Miles Morales exists out there in the universe, and we know we met his uncle. 
Yes. Um, I think it would stand to reason that maybe, you know, two, one or two movies down the line, Peter finally needs a team behind him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, both Miles Morales and Cindy Moon are referenced yes. in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe this is leading up to not only a villain team up, but a Spider-Verse mm-hmm. team up too. So we'll see. I mean, it can be dangerous to introduce too many characters, yeah. but um, I think it would be cool. You know, um, it seems like the MCU really wants to take the Spider-Man character and the Spider-Man universe mm-hmm. into a different direction from previous films, yeah. and that would definitely be a big step in that direction, right? Like yeah, having at this point we've seen these characters. We've seen three Peters, <laughs> but we haven't seen any other iterations of Spider-Man except yeah. for Tobey Maguire's turn as the as like the evil Spider-Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> Where he had like the emo eyeliner. Yeah, yeah the emo that Spidey. hates. Yeah, and uses his <laughs> gifs. Um, yeah, but yeah, other than that, we haven't actually seen other people in the suit. So yeah, you know, yeah, it'd be great to see that. Yeah. So with all this talk of the Spider-Man Homecoming sequel, we can't help but think of where is this going to take place? Because (laughs) in the release calendar timeline, this is actually going to be the first movie after Avengers 4, right? So um, Avengers Infinity War did release. And the next one is going to be Ant-Man and Wasp, Mm -hmm. which presumably is going to take place before the events of infinity war right and then we got captain marvel coming up which they've already stated it's taking place in the past in the 90s right Mm -hmm. then we got avengers 4 and then yeah the spider-man homecoming sequel so presumably this will be the first mcu movie post avengers 4 post thanos supposed to be considered phase four at that point right right so Yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Like, where is this going to take place? And maybe the subtext here is, like, what are your thoughts about the ending of Infinity War? Oh, my God. Where are we? (laughs) I hated the ending of Infinity War, just to get into it. Um, And I didn't hate it because it, like, made me cry or anything. I hated it because it was such, to me, a cop-out. Because um, the way they did it was they changed the name, you know, of Infinity War and Avengers 4 because they were like, it's not really a part one and part two. You know, they're separate films. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, they're not. Like Infinity Wars is clearly a part one of a five hour film. (laughs) Like, you know, it's half of a film. Yeah. So it's hard for me to even judge it because, you know, that all of the characters they kill, they're going to come back because they didn't kill any of the original ones that we predicted, like in the last podcast episode. It was literally yeah. everyone we didn't predict, except for like maybe Loki. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But even he is probably not dead because they're going to probably go back in time. Um, That's and, potentially there. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I've written a lot about that ending, and there's a lot of leaked photos that shows it looks like somewhere in Avengers 4, they're, they are going to go back to the first Battle of New York in the first Avengers film. Um, really? Yes. Or do something, <laughs> yeah, or do something like that because they have all these photos of them in their original outfits oh. from that film. So to me, that just says time travel. Mm, yeah. Or quantum realm, you know, shenanigans. Oh, right. But definitely something where it's going to get reversed in some mm. way. Um, so for me, I mean, obviously Spider-Man isn't dead and neither is Black Panther. So we're definitely going to get those films. Yep. Um, 
And I think if we uh, base it off of time travel and if they are going to go back to the first Avengers and just maybe defeat Thanos then, um, Mm. it raises the question of, well, does that erase all the films that happened after Avengers 1, which to me is like a big no. I hope they don't like X-Men it. (laughs) They basically did Days of Future Past and it erased all those films. Retconned the hell out of it. Yeah, oh my god. Which is super comic book-y, I have to say. like Very in line with the genre, but I think that would be really weak if they did that, yeah. you know, story-wise. Um, and when you say comic booky, yeah. you know, Kevin Feige has been a huge proponent of being comic booky yeah. in this universe, right? He always stresses, like, sticking to the source material mm-hmm. and being in the spirit of the yeah. comics and everything. So, yeah, I could totally see them doing something like that. Yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, so that... So I'm not really sure where Homecoming would actually take place then if they end up do going back to Avengers 1 um, because does that then mean, I don't know, does that mean he never got mentored by Iron Man? Or oh. does that mean he never even... <laughs> right, so like to me oh, it raises man. like all of these like questions that I just get frustrated thinking about because then you go down this rabbit hole of all these things that would get erased. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. Oh, then, boy. I mean, you could talk about that for hours, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, I think definitely it's going to happen after Infinity War and Avengers 4. I don't know how much longer after chronologically, but mm-hmm. I, I would say that he would still be in high school probably um, just because Tom, well, Tom Holland's like 21 now but he still looks like he's 15 yeah <laughs> so yeah. they can probably still do the high school plot um, yeah 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 i don't know what do you think well what are your thoughts first it? off the ending of infinity war i have voiced my great support of this movie i had an amazing time and i geeked out so hard so so hard at many moments um but i totally agree with you yeah. that ending was a very annoying cliffhanger. (laughs) You know, this movie was not a standalone movie. This movie cannot be watched by itself. You have to watch not only the follow-up to it, but also all the MCU movies that preceded Mm -hmm. it. You know, well, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say all, yeah. but you do have to th- watch at least some. Yeah, I think to feel any emotional stake in it, you do have to have watched, you know, a number of the films. Absolutely. So I totally agree with you there. It's not a standalone movie. Um, where we go from here, that's a big question mark. You know, now that you bring up all this talk of time travel and stuff, <laughs> I, I really hope it doesn't go yeah, there. Yeah, like that scares me, yeah. you know, because my thought has always been, uh, that we will move forward yeah maybe in a weird way but it will be this forward progression like i'm thinking a split timeline yeah you know like Mm -hmm. we were on one path like all the characters in infinity war were in the same universe but then when thanos snapped his fingers boom it split into two Mm -hmm. right so all the people who turned to dust they're on a different path so um i agree with you that no one really died Mm mm-hmm or at least the people who turned to dust didn't die. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, on a different path, yeah. on a different timeline, in a different universe, however you want to call it. So that said, I think the Spider-Man Homecoming follow-up will simply be the continuation of Spider-Man's story in his mm-hmm. timeline. Yeah. You know, when 
he has that emotional scene with Tony Stark where he's disappearing strangely slower than anyone else disappears yeah. <laughs> but yeah kind of odd. uh but it is touching um you know you could argue okay he didn't really die so it's mm-hmm. kind of a cop out like mm-hmm. you're saying but i think it was a genuine end to spider-man and iron man i don't mm-hmm. i don't think they'll ever see each other again because like i said it looks like they're in uh completely different dimensions two, now right two different theories at work. well okay i mean <laughs> no no no. i think yeah. that i think they're both valid because i've seen both um i and i would say it's honestly split 50 50 there's the parallel universes and then there's just simply time travel okay. but uh, like even honestly the time travel raises the question of parallel universes because yeah. if you change anything in the past does that not mean you've already created a new future you know, separate from the current future. So I think there's a possibility that they'll both be into play, you know, somehow. Could be, could be. Um, I think it's going to be trippy, but yeah. um, I think rest assured that none of those characters are actually dead. Yeah, yeah. I think it's safe to say that uh, they're still alive. And then one additional big monkey wrench there, in addition to time travel and split timelines, is this whole quantum realm thing, mm-hmm. right? Which played in the first Ant-Man movie and mm-hmm. seems like it's going to be more significant in the Ant-Man sequel. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> could very be, very well be used in Avengers 4 mm-hmm. as well as perhaps the ultimate, like, lazy plot device, you know? Yeah. I, uh, you know? I definitely think it's going to be utilized and um, just... <laughs> going off the leaked photos and like i will say that marvel's actually very skilled at leaking in quotation mark photos that end up not even being the real photos from the real set because marvel is like at this point like a master at hiding their films Mm -hmm. so just take this with a grain of salt but in these photos it did look like um like the in their original avengers one outfits they were also wearing the little things that ant-man wears with the, oh, the wow. Yeah, but okay. again, you know, this could be fake because, yeah, like, yeah. Marvel is great at just misleading. Like, they know the paparazzi are, like, watching with binoculars from miles away. Right, <laughs> like, right. You know? yeah. So it might not be real. But I think, yeah, definitely all of the, the whole time stone, the quantum realm, all the things that they've introduced so far might play into this in some mm-hmm. way. Yeah. And, and when I did mention the split timeline, mm-hmm. you know, I still kind of hold to that theory but potentially the quantum realm could be the way you could like travel yeah between yeah, these suppo- two timelines yeah it's because yeah. it's supposed to be a space where like you know time and space don't matter so if that's right. the case and doesn't that mean you can just move in any direction through any dimension maybe you know we don't really know the mcu hasn't really defined it within their universe yeah yeah so you know, all we can do is give yeah, give them can, yeah. our money and just see what happens, really, <laughs> like the rest of the world yeah, is doing. Yeah, just don't reboot the universe. I will die. I oh, man. I yeah, I hope that doesn't happen yeah. either. But, I, I yeah. think maybe what they're doing is um, because we know that Disney bought back the Fox characters. Um, and we haven't really, I think, learned how that will affect the MCU. But I know they're really oh, keen yeah, to get yeah. back, you know, like Fantastic Four, the X-Men, I believe, mm-hmm. they also got back. So it raises the question of maybe they won't go back in time, but are they going to create a new universe or a new future through time travel that 
suddenly these characters are all there, you know? Like, does that right. mean Quicksilver is going to be alive again because he's a mutant and we can actually use him now? You know, stuff like that. Um, Maybe they can right. bring the, the X-Men universe Quicksilver into the MCU instead of that lame <laughs> Aaron Taylor Johnson <laughs> yeah, Quicksilver. Is, like an advertisement for like athletic wear. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it, yeah it, and I think like, I like the prospect of like bringing those characters in are messing with the realms or universes or time in some way so that the characters will still be there, but maybe there's a detail about them that has shifted. You know, I feel like that's a way of like still moving forward, but making things interesting. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like, like say take Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, maybe her brother isn't dead, you know, yeah. but she's still essentially her, but how does she change if her brother's still alive? All oh, right. Um, so just like little things like that. I don't. I don't really know, but I am hopeful for Avengers Four and Beyond. Um, as much as I hated Infinity Wars' ending, I'm hopeful that the thing they set up will influence all of this progress and change for mm-hmm. Phase Four. Yeah, we'll see. We shall yeah. see. Mm-hmm. And real quick, before we get off the MCU, Kevin Feige did make a comment about mm-hmm. Kamala Khan. Yes, he did. He, he was very kind of frank about Mm -hmm. saying that she will appear in the mcu at some point right Mm -hmm. yes he he was very clear that they have plans for her to appear um the only thing that wasn't clear was when so that's a little (laughs) bit of a bummer if you want to focus on that because it could be anything from like two years from now to 10 years from now and like phase five or six but i think the fact that he said it is really nice um it means that they are thinking about introducing newer iterations of classic characters, yeah. which also, again, goes back into Spider-Man. Like, if we can have Kamala Khan, does that mean we can have Miles and Cindy? You know, can Sam Wilson become Captain America? Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so another thing I thought of about was, okay, not only did he not mention when she would appear, yeah. but he also didn't mention to what extent <laughs> you know a lot of people know, got right, excited right. saying oh there's going to be a Kamala yes. Khan movie yes. but I she mean could, we've seen just be mentioned a name I mean you know technically Howard the Duck appeared in the MCU <laughs> twice <laughs> and you know so it might be just like a cameo or yeah. a mention like it could be very minor so it's before the same we thing get they did with Miles Yes, yeah. Where he yeah. was like, well, he exists. And I'm like, okay, well, that's great <laughs> that he exists, but we haven't even seen him. Yeah. So, yeah, before anyone gets too excited, <laughs> yeah. uh, just look at the track record. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean she's going to get a solo movie all her own, you know. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where that goes. Okay. So um, last bit of geek news. We had a couple trailers come out in recent times. Have you seen the Deadly Class trailer? I did, yeah. Me too. What, what do you think of this one? Um, so I'm not familiar with the source material, so this is just going off the trailer, but I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah, me it too. It looks really interesting. I'm, I was really happy to see uh, Lana Condor, mm-hmm. who was uh, Jubilee in the latest uh, X-Men film, but they like completely underused her. Yeah. And they ended up actually cutting out the scenes where she used her powers. So that was really disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see her cast in another superhero thing. Um, where she actually, it looks like gets to be like the secondary lead or, you know, main female character. It's yeah. really awesome. Yeah. And real quick on Lana Condor, speaking of mm-hmm. a superhero, quote unquote, appearing in a film, 
but having like zero impact at all. Like this is like the textbook definition of it. Like Lana Condor technically played Jubilee in X-Men Apocalypse, but you blink and you miss her. She didn't show any of her superpowers and hardly had... uh, Did she have a line? I don't know if she She even had had a dialogue. She had a few lines, but she was not named. Yeah. Um, And it just... She could have been anyone for people who don't know the comics. Yeah. It was only her costume design that really revealed mm-hmm. that that was jubilee that was it so i was pretty happy to see that she's getting a pretty juicy role with yeah. with this show deadly class yeah and it's also the directors of infinity war which i'm interested in oh, um, yeah yeah as much as i don't like the russo's work on infinity war i did like their work in uh, winter soldier because yeah. i think they um they function really well when it's a smaller core cast of characters um, I think I don't want to hold Infinity War against them because there's so much for them to work with, and yeah. you, know, you have to shove in all those character moments. But with less characters, I think they do really, really well. Um, and I loved Winter Soldier, so I'd be excited to see, you know, how they do the fight scenes. If it feels mm-hmm. like Winter Soldier, and you know, the drama and the and the music and action. Yeah, and um, speaking of Infinity War, Benedict. Wong is in this oh, show oh also. God. I love Benedict Wong. Yeah. He's so underused, it makes me upset. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope he has a meaty role in this because I always think about how he literally played like, you know, like a king essentially in Marco Polo. Oh, right. Um, yeah. And then since then, he's kind of been relegated to sidekick roles. So hopefully yeah. he, it's bigger here. Yeah, it seems like he's got a decent role here. He essentially plays uh, the the kind of the main teacher to mm-hmm. these um assassins at this assassin's school mm-hmm. uh so yeah I, I was pretty excited when i saw the trailer i did go and read some of the comic books mm-hmm. uh, from image and um they're pretty cool yeah. yeah i read the first three issues of deadly class and i intend to continue on because it's pretty good stuff oh, nice. yeah and um pretty adult too it's like mm-hmm. super violent and uh <laughs> sounds and very image. edgy yeah yeah very very image yeah so i mean um yeah maybe you're fed up with superheroes mm-hmm. this is kind of a, a refreshing change here yeah um so another trailer that dropped not long ago was luke cage season two mm-hmm. have you seen the trailer for for this one I think I, I think I saw it. Um, I, I I know you are not as big a fan of the Marvel Netflix shows, yeah. but um, you could at least watch the trailer. I'm, okay, you know, so I think I watched the trailer on mute. Um, oh, okay. I'm not okay. gonna lie; it was one of those wow. Twitter things that like went through. Okay. But I did watch it for uh, Misty. There you go. <laughs> it's like the one character I'm excited. Well, I didn't. I didn't hate Luke Cage. I think, um, like, if I had to rank them. And honestly, um, for me, it's below. Uh, I almost said Deadpool, <laughs> Daredevil. It's below Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. But um, kind of level with uh, Jessica Jones for me. Okay. Um, and I really like Luke as a person. I just don't know if the writing always like spoke to me. And then I mm-hmm. felt like the first season kind of like dragged when they suddenly switched villains. Yeah. Um, they yeah. switched it like villains three times. Um. And I think for me, that was a bit uneven. Um, so I don't really know what to expect from season two, but I do know I love his supporting cast. Mm-hmm. I really love yeah. Claire. I love Misty. Um, yeah. yeah, and I, I'm interested. Cool. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of 
with you with season one. I was kind of lukewarm for me. It was just kind of in the middle of the pack in mm-hmm. terms of the Marvel Netflix shows. Um, but I'm pretty psyched about this next season because they're introducing this new villain, Bushmaster. Yeah. I think there's a lot of potential there because where season one really kind of fell apart in a way was when they had that like follow-up villain um so cottonmouth is great yes. you know maharshala ali <laughs> i mean an oscar winner he yes. was great yes. right he was amazing and i loved him and then they switch oh my god what was the bad guy's name? yeah uh see, diamond can... back oh diamond back yes. yeah garbage yes. like that was just terrible yes. great actor but like the character was just it was nonsensical yeah and the, he he had this outfit which was like <laughs> I almost just laughed out loud when I saw him in it and the, the fight between him and Luke Cage was just like terrible. Yeah. Um. So that's why I'm kind of stoked about Bushmaster. He seems to be a much much cooler villain that can go toe to toe with Luke Cage. So I'm pretty psyched about that. And I will say this: like you should watch this trailer with the sound on <laughs> because that's the best part. They play. I Ain't No Joke by Eric B. and Rakim for the oh, first okay. half of the trailer, and then Anti Up by M.O.P. So two, okay. like, amazing okay. hip-hop songs. I will watch for them. There you go, yeah. And, of course, uh, Misty Knight. Yeah. Yeah, so um, a bit of a spoiler, but we do see her bionic arm mm-hmm. in the trailer, something we all kind of knew was going to yeah. happen yeah. eventually. Uh, but just to see it in action was pretty exciting. No question. Yeah, I'm still waiting for them to finally introduce uh, Daughters of the Dragon TV show. <laughs> this is yeah. like my sincerest hope. Like speaking about Netflix um, shows, they announced that they finished wrapping up uh, season two of Iron Fist. Um, oh right, which I know is a constantly contentious thing between yep, us. Yeah, but um, they, yeah, so they finished it, and um, apparently, like you know, Colleen Wing. Um, has a big role in it, um, and I just, I just really want them to do a spinoff with all of these female characters, where they yeah. actually get to do their own thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, as much as I like Luke Cage and Iron Fist, mm-hmm. I'm totally on board with like ending those solo shows and doing some big team yeah. up show, yeah. Heroes for Hire. Have Luke Cage, Iron right. Fist, yes. Colleen Wing, and Missy Knight. I mean, that would be cool, right? So um, it seems like these Marvel Netflix shows have a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. So why not do kind of a bold move like that? I think uh, that would yeah, be cool. Yeah, I think, you know, with a character like Daredevil, I think a lot of fans would be kind of irked by mm-hmm. ending his show and putting him in like Defenders Only or something. Yeah. Um, but some of these like side characters, I think they can do some cool things with them. like team them up yeah which they kind of already do with jessica jones season one i mean luke cage was there for like a good half of that season so it stands to reason that they could basically do defenders over again by having them together and maybe you know daredevil's the one that pops in occasionally but he really is like the one character that just feels like his completely own entity whereas Mm -hmm. everyone else is kind of like circling around each other right how awkward was it like off in the distance yeah how awkward was it when he was the only one in a superhero costume like everyone else was wearing street clothes he just stuck out like a sore thumb yeah it was it was a very strange team up and i think that's why one of the reasons why he just feels like a completely separate universe character yeah yeah so yeah i think there's a lot of interesting things they can do good good news coming out with these characters okay cool (laughs) with that we can wrap up the episode this is 
Farewell from Clara and Henry.